0: Well hey church, hey everyone, it is so good to be with you this morning and it's December, we're tracking towards the end of the year, Christmas is coming up, maybe you're looking forward to some holidays or getting away or at least just spending some time with family and God, come on, God has done amazing things this year, 2022, God has done some amazing things, post amen in the chat if He's done something beautiful inside of your life this year but we're looking forward The new year is coming, God's going to do even more in the times to come. And as we begin today's message, I have a question for you. What is the Bible to you? What is the Bible? For some of us, it's a big, thick, ancient book that's kind of difficult to understand. For some of us it's something we dig into every day. It's something that guides us and we go to for wisdom. For some of us we think that it has some value and it's interesting and there's some interesting stories there but maybe it's not really for our time. I don't know where you stand today but if you're like me and maybe you grew up in church or maybe you've been trying to understand this thing called the Bible for a long time, maybe it's not always been so easy to understand. I know for me that's true. And you think, well, no, you're a pastor. You, you, don't you come just inbuilt with an understanding of what the Bible is and what it means? Not at all. You know what? Growing up in church and, and even to this day, the Bible is something that, that comes alive and breathes and lives and moves with me and I with it. And it's something that I am learning more about all the time. And it hasn't always been so easy to understand the Bible you know that the Bible is not a book. Let's start there for a second. The Bible is not a book. In fact, it is a collection of texts written by multiple authors over thousands and thousands of years. There is a cultural context to every book or piece of writing in the Bible. And we want to understand it. Come on, as Christians and as people who follow Christ, we need to understand it. We need to get something out of it. We need to grow in the Word of God. But I want you to know, you know, some of us, we've been made to feel bad because we don't know the Bible or we don't find it easy to read the Bible. And and we don't quite understand what's going on most of the time when we read the Bible. And sometimes we feel bad about that. I want to tell you today, don't feel bad because that's normal for all of us. It's normal for every person. The Bible has cultural context that spans thousands of years. And for it to mean something to our day and age, we need to have some deeper understanding. And so today we're kicking off a brand new series all about the Bible called Authors. Come on, post authors in the chat, say authors with me. We're talking about some of the authors Of the Bible, who they were, why they wrote, why they wrote, all in an effort to try and help us understand better what the Bible is. Come on, if you know that you want to understand the Bible better, get into it more. And come on, this series is for you. You can't miss a week. And we're going to start now. We're going to run through the new year into a couple weeks into 2023. And we're going to explore a couple of authors from specifically in the New Testament. So check it out. The New Testament is all about Jesus, it's all about the church, and it's, it's so useful to us. To try and break down the whole Bible, would take us years probably to do. So we're gonna start in the New Testament. And the New Testament is divided up into essentially two sections. They're the Gospels and the Acts, which is all about the life of Jesus, and then the early church. And then there are the epistles, that's a fancy word for letters, that were written by different authors to different people or to different churches, all with the aid of growing us up and establishing what it means to be a follower of Christ. And so we're going to break down a couple of the authors of the epistles, or these letters in the New Testament And over the next few weeks, we're going to dig a little deeper, and I know it's going to help you understand these books better, and it's going to mean something in your life. And so our first stop in this series, our first stop in this this kind of expose of the different authors in the New Testament is a couple of brothers. Their names are James and Jude, and today we're going to start with Jude. Come on if you're ready. Ready? Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we ask you this morning that as we break open your word and we start to dig a little deeper into who wrote these writings and why they did it, I pray that you'll give us discernment and wisdom to go deeper into your word, to understand it a bit better. I pray that this series will be fruitful in helping us understand your word in a deeper way. That, Father, we can know you and grow in you and become who you have called us to be. I pray for that. And I pray for this series as we open it up today. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Come on. So Jude's letter is a really interesting one. We're going to jump right in this morning. Firstly, Jude's letter is very short, very short. I mean, when you think about the Bible, you think about long books that take up, take forever, you know, hundreds of chapters. Jude's writing, his letter, is one chapter long. It's actually very quick and easy to get through. The second interesting thing about Jude is that it is very intense. I mean very, very intense. But it's also beautiful. But you and I, we need a little bit more information about who Jude was and who he was writing to for us to really understand. You know, I don't know if you're like me, but if you've opened up the book of Jude before and you've read it, you've been like, wow, okay, this is really intense and I don't, I don't know what this really means for me and, and I don't know if I should be feeling bad or I'm not, I'm not too sure. It's, it's not so easy to understand sometimes and that's exactly why we're doing what we're doing because as we understand more about who Jude was who he was writing to then we'll be able to understand why he wrote what he wrote and how to pro- appropriately read it for us and for our time and so who was Jude let's start there who was Jude who is this author who made it into the collection of writings called the Bible well Jude was actually one of the brothers Of Jesus yeah maybe you didn't know this maybe you know even if you grew up in church maybe you didn't know that Jesus had a number of siblings he did both brothers and sisters and uh, there's a few of them mentioned in Scripture and Jude is one of them he grew up with Jesus he was a brother of Jesus and interestingly enough Jude's name is actually a translation And through different translations, especially the Greek, which is what Jude was written in, coming into English, we get the name Jude. But Jude's name was actually Judah, Judah. And you'll recognize that from the Lion of Judah. It was a tribe of Israel. It was a place right there in the nation of Israel. Judah was his name. And that's what we're going to call him through the rest of this and if you're looking at that book of Jude in your Bible, you can remember it's actually the book of Judah, and you know, he was a traveling missionary and a teacher in the early church. And so Judah was not actually a disciple of Jesus. He grew up with Jesus. But I mean, how many of us can imagine if your sibling was Jesus, would you necessarily know or believe that he he was the savior of mankind? Of course not. He was just a brother of Jesus. And so growing up, he didn't follow Jesus. He didn't follow the way that he was. But after Jesus' death and resurrection, Judah became a believer in his brother, And he became a follower and a significant church leader in the early church. right? And so after Jesus was resurrected and moved on, that's when Judah became a believer. And he became a traveling teacher and missionary. So he didn't stay in one place, but he in fact actually moved from place to place, preaching the gospel of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, That we understand a little bit more about who Judah was, now we can maybe dig a little deeper into who he wrote his letter to. This one chapter letter, the short letter, was definitely 100% written to Christian Jews. All right, so let's break that down for a second. You're going to see over the next few weeks that some of these letters were written to Jews who believed in Jesus and some of these letters were written to Gentiles or non-Jews who believed in Jesus. And because of that difference in people and the way that their cultures were and who they were and how they grew up, these letters sometimes sound and feel a little bit different, and that's on purpose. And so this one was definitely written to Christian Jews, Jews who knew the Torah, who knew the law, who grew up with the religious traditions of Israel. They knew all about the law, they knew all about the synagogues and the Pharisees, they All about the Jewish customs and religious traditions. You know that Judah, interestingly enough, quotes from some books that are actually not found in the canon of scripture. This is really beautiful and interesting. And it might be new information to you. But the way that the, the book of, of Judah or the, his letter is structured is it uses examples. We're going to dig into that a bit later. But it uses examples from the Old Testament. It uses examples from all kinds of, of writings that everybody knew and were very important to the people of his day to explain his points and what he's trying to say. And he quotes from two really interesting um, pieces of writing that were very important and well held traditionally in his time but are now no longer part of what we call biblical canon, of what we call the collection of writings that is the Bible. Those two writings is the book of first Enoch And the second one is called The Testament of Moses. The book of 1 Enoch, uh, we won't get too deep into it, but is a book just expanding on the story of the Nephilim in Genesis, where there were giants in the land that were um, kind of, they were sons of angels who slept with women, and it explores and expands on that. And then The Testament of Moses is also a non-canonical book. It speaks about the moments when Moses was at the end of his journey and there was a battle over his body and it's a very interesting book and it was well held by Judah and the people of his times. But what's interesting about all of this is that Gentiles reading Judah's letter would be completely lost. Type amen in the chat if at this point in time you already feel that way. You know the book of Enoch and Moses and what are you even talking about? That's exactly how Gentiles would have felt when they opened up this letter. And that's important for you and I to understand because we essentially come in as Gentiles, reading through this book of Judah as if it's written about and to us, not understanding where all these examples have come from. And so for us to appropriately read the book of Judah, we need to understand this, have this information in our mind that will help us understand what Judah is trying to say Gentiles would be lost in some parts of this book and sometimes we are too but Judah has a really important reason and he's gonna tie it all together so let's take a minute let's dive in to this amazing awesome letter and opening up he tells us that he's actually working on a different text Okay so as he opens up he says you know what I'm really excited I really want to write this other letter to you right he's again he's he's addressing Christian Jews so he says to them you know what I want to write this to you but I was kind of forced and I need to write this one first. This one that I'm writing about is all about the salvation that we all share. Judah is just excited and he's really eager to write a letter confirming the shared salvation that they all have, that grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, of who he is and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That's what he really wants to write about. But because of things going on in the church at that point in time, he needed to write this first. We don't have record of this other writing, Maybe it was lost to time, or maybe it just wasn't included. We don't really have that writing. But what we are left with is this important book, this important letter that God knew we all needed to hear. And in this short letter, there is a very specific point. I want you all to hear this, and you can write this down if you're taking notes. The point of the book of Judah the letter that he wrote, is to contrast eternal life and eternal death. He wants to contrast these two big ideas. And this was the issue that Judah needed to address. There were people who had come into this early church, this fledgling early body of Christ, you know, just 20 or 30 years after Jesus had gone up to be back with his father. They had come into the church and they specifically only wanted to live for themselves. On the strength of dreams, what they would interpret as spiritual dreams, they twisted the teachings of Jesus and specifically the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ into something it was never designed to be. They basically said that if you follow Jesus, you can do whatever you want. You can sin as much as you want. You can be a bad person. The grace of God just covers all of that and you will be fine. So just go and do whatever you want. He talks about how they follow their natural instincts and they don't have the spirit. So what they're just doing is living in a carnal, hedonistic life, just pleasing themselves and their own flesh gratifying themselves and not even having a thought towards who God is for them and who God calls us to be as followers of Jesus. But these people not only do this to themselves, they also influence the church. They're coming in and they're influential people. They know how to speak. They know how to lure people away from the real teachings of Jesus into this new way. They have no desire to truly follow God. They have no desire to actually give their lives to God but they are only in this for personal gain. And these people were posing such a problem in the early church that Judah decided he needed to address this. And it's interesting, we'll get into it later, but Paul also addresses similar things as he moves forward. This was a big issue in the early church. And so this is the context of where Judah was trying to direct this book. He then uses a, a bunch of examples from the Old Testament and these other writings that we spoke about to back up his point. These are references that his target audience would understand immediately. He speaks about the Nephilim. He speaks about these angels who who went away from God's purpose and plan for their lives and how that was outside of God's plan. He speaks about Cain and how he killed his brother Abel and how that, that moved him out of the will of God. This wasn't God's plan for his life. And he uses a bunch of other examples to back up Sodom and Gomorrah and a bunch of others to back up this point of doing things for yourself and not in the will of God. He uses all of these things that were instantly recognizable to his target audience. He speaks of these ungodly people as though they are on the road to eternal death. Now remember the big ideas that Judah is talking about is eternal life and eternal death. And what he's trying to do is speak to the church and by extension to us, the early church and us, about how our lives need to be surrendered to God, about how when we just pursue what we want and what's in our minds and in our hearts, it will lead us on the road to eternal death outside of the will of God, but when we choose to submit our lives to God, that he will take us on the path to eternal life. Here's the thing, if you read the book of Judah, just without any of this understanding, you will think that he is talking about you. Come on, if you've ever felt this way, I know I have. I felt like Judah was talking straight to me. He was pulling up all my faults, all my failures, all the things that I was doing wrong, all the ways that I had missed God and done the wrong things. And, and it felt like he was, he was kind of shaming me in that sense and telling me to get better and get right. And while Judah is 100% calling us to a higher standard in God and in Christ, this book is not talking about you and I, and this is where Judah unifies those early Jewish believers, what they understood, And us right now right here today in 2022 and it's found in Jude chapter 1 verse 17 to 25 you can turn there in your in your Bibles and let's read together Judah gets through all these examples of those who are outside the will of God on the way to eternal death and all of those that are inside the will of God on the way to eternal life and he gets to this point verse 17 he says this but dear friends Remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the Spirit. Check it out, this is Judah talking about people who are not followers of Jesus. They're in the church, but they're in the church for themselves, they're not really believers in God, they haven't submitted their lives to God, they have no desire to follow God, but only their natural instincts. That's who Judah is talking about. Then from verse 20 he says this, but you... Dear friends, come on, this is where Judah shifts gear and he starts talking to you and me. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful, To those who doubt. Just take a pause there. Judah contrasts those who are in it for themselves and those of genuine faith who sometimes fail, sometimes doubt, sometimes don't quite make it. He says, Be merciful to those who doubt save others by snatching them from the fire. To others, show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corruptive flesh. Jude is making a deep distinction between those who are not of God on their way to eternal death, gratifying their own pleasures and who they wanna be And those of genuine faith who sometimes fall, sometimes stumble and are not perfect. Sometimes we doubt. Come on, just in yourself, be honest for a second. Are there moments where you've doubted God or not really understood how this whole thing works? Come on, I'm like that too. Everyone is. There are moments when we don't understand why life is the way that it is. And in those moments, sometimes we doubt. Sometimes we stumble. Sometimes we are tempted and we fall. But we genuinely wanna live a life that honors God and brings us closer to Christ Judah is breaking a chasm, a divide between those who sin just because they want to and they want to gratify the flesh and use the grace of God. He He pushes them aside. He distincts between them and us who are empowered by, saved by the mercy of Jesus. And then Judah calls you and I to show mercy to those who fall, those who doubt, Those who don't quite know how to live the life God has called them to, all of us struggle from time to time with sin. Some of us struggle with our faith. Some of us struggle with addiction. Some of us struggle in our mind. Some of us are dealing with healing and and sickness, and we struggle sometimes. And Jude is saying to this early church, and he's saying to us, show mercy, to those who genuinely love God and are on the journey to eternal life. Come on, church. I wanna encourage you that this week that you go and read the book of Judah. I want to encourage you to go and read it slowly go through it and understand what judah is trying to say but do it armed and equipped with this knowledge that judah is speaking to a very specific kind of person and that here from verse 17 is when he starts to address you and me we are not those who want to use god we are not those who are here for ourselves but we are those that love god that want to know him and want to be more like him and for us there is never-ending grace that wipes away our sins that brings mercy to our lives that takes us to eternal life we are those who are not in it for ourselves but we are in it for God and I want to pray today specifically to every one of us that is struggling on this road, feeling kind of condemned, feeling a little bad about the times that we have fallen in our past or even the recent past that we have struggled. I wanna read verse 24 and 25 to you quickly and I want you just to hear this. To him, this is how he ends his letter, to God who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only God our Savior be glory majesty power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore what is Jesus saying to you and me right now he's saying that he is the one who is able to keep you from stumbling not just to keep you from stumbling but also to present you without fault blameless before him this is who Jesus is it's the same Jesus that spoke to this early church and it's the same Jesus that speaks to you now he is able to present you faultless and with great joy and so if you're here and you are struggling with sin or addiction or just feeling like you have failed God I want to pray with you for a moment Come, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, right now, I lift up our entire church, our collective of believers, our people. We are on a journey to know you more. We're on a journey to become more like you. And today, we just want to surrender our lives one more time to you. Father, we wanna reject the voice that tells us we're not good enough for you. We wanna reject the voice that says we have gone too far and we're not savable. we're not helpable. Right now, we wanna bring our faults and failures before you and we wanna ask for your mercy that you would continue to empower us beyond this life, beyond our problems and our failures. Lord, let great joy come into our hearts knowing that we are clean and free because of your grace and that as we continue to follow you, Lord Jesus, that you are changing us and molding us from the inside out. I specifically pray today, Lord God, about those struggling with addiction, any kind of addiction where they feel like they will never be free. I pray today that you remind them that you are the one who sets them free. You are the one that empowers them to be free. And so we receive that freedom. We receive that grace today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, Amen.